Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the stuff that can kill you. Like choking on a granola bar, or falling into a pit of snakes, or a boat crash. And the stuff that just makes you wish you were dead. Like Florida bog witches. (laughs) (laughs) It'll make sense later. (laughs) Drugged out dads. And an audition gone wrong. Oh, every one of them for me. Oh, check, check, all at the same time. Uh, You know what doesn't go wrong? Our theme song? Correct. Let's play it. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I am Danielle. I'm Christine. Christine, how are you today? Chirp, chirp. You've got a bird on your sweater. I do. Put a bird on it. I I love it. Thanks. Will you wear more animals? Well, I have two bird sweaters. This is the first time I... That's all I have. I'm, I'm, oh, God. I've worn... I've had this for 20 years, probably, this sweater. It it looks brand new. Oh, thanks. It's from Old Navy. You take good care of your stuff. Well, Old Navy? That holds up well. I know. And, well, a, and a little um, Peter Pan collar. I got my little signature Peter Pan collar. <laughs> I almost wore a Peter Pan collar Did today you? in honor of you. Aw. Um, but I've never worn it before. And I was like, I don't have time to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> is there a lot to figure out? Well, I didn't know how to style it. I didn't oh, know if I was okay. going to wear a blazer. You know, gotcha. Sometimes I like the white t-shirt with black blazer you've got going on. It's very classy. I knew I wouldn't have to think about it. Is it corduroy blazer? Velvet? It's, what is it? I think it's a thin cord. That's nice. Thanks. It's a, you know, it's a goodwill find. Well, speaking of Peter Pan, um, Garen, <laughs> <laughs> did you not go to Taylor Swift this yes, weekend? I did. I want, I'm sorry I had to jump into no, it. I just want to know. I have so many questions. I saw a lot of pictures on Instagram. 
What well, happened? You had so good. Your seats were killer. They were floor seats. Tell me how to start row. a company. Oh, man. 18th row? Yeah. Did you see his pictures? No. It's He's like, he's he's she's sweating on him. It's, oh, my it's her glorious close. legs. Taylor Sweat. It's pretty close. Wow. Show was incredible. Yeah. Uh, we might have to do an episode, How to Survive a Taylor Swift Concert, because I almost got into a fight. No, what? you didn't. <laughs> Stop it. How? Yeah. Karen, so, every detail. Tell it slowly. <clears throat> I was... Enjoying the concert, I sang every fucking song. Yes, uh, emotional, everything you want. How many times did you cry? I uh, I got close. I'm not gonna lie. I got a little oh because up the, in the songs stomach. are touching, or just, just excitement. The whole, of being I, the, there. Maybe the whole thing. Just okay. Taylor I coming love the songs, out. All of that. Yes. All, all the of costume it, all changes. Of oh my gorgeous, god. Gorgeous. Amazing. But about maybe like a half hour, forty minutes into the show, I just start hearing these people behind me just just. Over the sound of the concert, these people's piercing fucking voices uh-huh. talking about, oh, I bet Carson is so jealous that I'm here because he was obsessed with her and da 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 and wonder what he looks like now. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking? Carson and then this Daly. girl, yeah, that's what I thought. This girl just like, where's the rose? I brought rose. Give me some rose. <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh my god! And look, was that I'm a real not, housewives behind you? It's not, and it may have been. It was a fucking Florida swamp witch. I can tell you that. When I turned around, <laughs> Florida swamp yeah, witch. It, so oh. this is an older lady. This is not no. a teen. Oh, she's probably in her twenties. Oh, maybe early thirties. Okay, or hard twenties. Hard twenties. Yeah. Um, this is as mean as Garrett's ever been. As mean I know. as I've ever been. And how far? How many rows back were they from you? They were directly behind oh, me. Oh shit! And you're I by your. Know. Were you by yourself? Yeah, it was just me. Okay. It was just me. I don't know what happened. I went from leaving moon prints into the seat in front of me. Yeah. To turning around and going, I beg of you to stop talking. <gasps> you are yeah. ruining the show for everybody. Please stop talking. And the guy who just went, uh, and she, oh, it was a guy. There was a. I think she had. Now let me tell you, my memory is hazy okay. because I thought I was going to get my ass handed to me. Okay. I think there were three of them, and I think they were in differing shades of pastel uh, V-neck shirts, too tight. Um, uh- but the, they just the, these were all guys. Three guys and one girl. Oh, okay. The girl was or, the one saying, "Taylor, she, she, where's my yeah, rosette?" Yes, yes, okay. yes. I mean, not yeah. Taylor. Um, Carson. Carson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that guy's his one of them. It may have been one guy that I just stretched into three because I was <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> you were saying triple. Yeah. So how many gummies did you have over the show? None. none. So you're sober, stone this cold was sober. Tea free, THC free trip. Okay. Um. So he just is incredulous. And then she just goes in like finger like this. You need to shake it off and just blood. I paid for my tickets just as much as it. Nice and Taylor I said, Swift I reference. Know, really? Oh, I know. And that and oh. so I just go, great. Think that's good for you. Shut the fuck up. And I turned around. <gasps> uh-huh. Karen. I and then love for this. 20 minutes, I was a vibrating like, right, of like course. Oh, they're gonna, I'm dead. They're going to murder me. I'm yeah, dead. I'm going to yeah. get goat punched in the back of the head. I'm going to get beer dumped on me or something now were these bros these guys were they gay guys what was well, at least scenario? one of them i think was gay because he uh-huh. was talking about C- carter carson or something and, and the pastel v-neck is a the clue. pastel v-necks yes yeah. not that straight guys can't wear pastel v-necks but right they were i'm just s- putting together the elements of taylor swift concert pastel v-neck i'm yes, thinking maybe no. chances are yeah 
So I hear her say something like him and his. I was wearing this cardigan. Uh Him and his stupid fucking cardigan. I want to punch him in the head. Uh, Cardigan. It's Taylor Swift. Of course you're gonna wear. That's another reference. A cardigan. (sighs) See, I know things. uh, But um, yeah, she just kind of bitched for a minute, and then they went. They didn't talk anymore. Okay. They were quiet for a long time until near the end of the show. They got extra drunk, and she started going off again. But Uh, oh god, I was so mad. Just. It's good for you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Turn back around. Oh, I felt like a man that day. You want to know, guys? <laughs> the Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> Wearing Taylor's manhood. <laughs> 18 rows from Taylor. I found my manhood. Oh, finally, 42 years later. Well, when your son goes to a birthday party and you have a few hours at home with your spouse, mm-hmm. you want to get really into watching the Murdoch. Documentary. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so you did that. We watched Keep the three. talking. Yeah. <laughs> I had more. no. Did you watch it? I forget. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I had no idea that there was all this background stuff. It was. Oh, you watched the documentary. Oh, it was fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yes. One night. I just hated them so much. Right. I just hated them so much. And you're like this poor girl, the girlfriend, all of them, these poor kids. Yeah. Like they have to deal with these fucking asshole rich there it's like it's like a stereotype of southern rich uh spoiled family like yes. it was just it's like a tv show it's like a tv show yes. like exactly it's like a tv it's, show like they can't really get away with all they this probably shit. will make it a tv show oh I'll yeah watch they will second of it. <laughs> uh, god with his beet red face oh god yes those sons i just fucking hated them Man. and they're they're idiots also, right? They're big dumb dumb. Like the dad oh, is yeah. a big dummy. Well, oh, he looks like baby New Year. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> he did look like baby New Year with a worse complexion. Yeah. Or Ugh. just like I said, any guy doing like a set at the Irvine Improv on a Tuesday night of yes. dad jokes. Yeah. I don't need an hour and a half on the boat thing. I got it. You could cover that in 20 minutes. It was a little weird how long it went it was on. Like, but so, I was like, wait, it's going into the next episode? Like, I know. I was like really stretching this I thought, out. I thought maybe it's all going to be about the yeah. boat and this is a really old documentary. Like, then it was like 30 seconds on the kid who got hit out. That was fucking crazy. Well, well I don't think they have enough I know. information on that, but um, there's a lot of dead bodies yeah. in the wake of this family. No way. I know. It's crazy. Jesus. Sorry, I'm yelling. But why did he... So what's the what's the theory about why he even kills his wife and son? That's what I, I think. Garrett and I said this off off mic, which yeah. we should never talk off mic. Never, everything ever. you say is everything is valuable. <laughs> yes, it's all copy. Um, I mean, I get why he would kill the wife because she wanted a divorce and he didn't want to pay her. But it was like there was something I think I read in a magazine profile of them where it was like as a distraction technique because of all the money he's lost. You know, he's, 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 yeah, he but embezzled I'm like, all them. How is murder ever a good distraction technique? Well, he was on a lot of drugs. Yeah. But I, my thought was, well, he's killing the son because the son's going to go to jail and further sully the reputation of the family. But maybe it wasn't even, maybe it didn't make that. I don't know. I don't understand. It's like maybe the there's, a, there's an even bigger crime. Like maybe there's just a stack of bodies. I didn't follow the case at yeah. all. I, I saw people following it, but I didn't follow it at all. So I don't know if a motive came out. No, other I don't. Than, other okay. than like I spent She's divorcing this. me or. Yeah. I heard there was drug cartel shit going on with that air, that air 
hang what do they have oh the airstrip the air yeah strip, they did yes. talk about like, that okay. and they also talked about how he had he bought enough um fentanyl or whatever it was to like remember it was like if you did if you were a heavy drug user it would last you a thousand years yeah, or that's something why so it doesn't clearly make sense. he was distributing drugs yeah they, I guess. he couldn't have done enough it was right. like I'm making up a number, but it was like nine billion dollars of fentanyl. Right, it's right. not that, but it was like he couldn't have done that much. So clearly, Why he was. was he, right. And maybe it was that the wife and the son were like, "We're gonna tell on you." Yeah, I don't think the son. Oh, for state's evidence or something. Maybe like, like to, to get a plea, or just that they're like, "You are sick and you need help, and if you don't stop this." It was like maybe they tried yeah. to do an intervention. They don't seem like good or enough people. No, they, they are horrible human maybe beings. Maybe they went to the sun and was like, we know what you did with this boat. We got evidence that's going to put you away. Tell us what your dad's That's what I'm to. saying. Yeah, because he was that. he was already on, what is it called, bail? I mean, he had been indicted. He was waiting trial when he died, right? The sun. It almost, yeah. It's yeah. it. Maybe it defies actual logical explanation because he was so screwed up from drugs that he was borderline psychotic or something. The dad. Yeah, I think yeah. he must have been. Certainly didn't yeah. affect his complexion at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in the pictures, the older son looked just like him. Just a big beet red tomato. So I think it's just maybe it's inbreeding or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like royalty. talk about that in the documentary. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe Southerners are like, yeah, we got to keep it in the family. Oh, that, those poor families. I'm changing glasses so you know what that means. <gasps> We're talking ready. about the Murdoch thing, and now we're going to learn how to survive a boat crash. Ooh, I thought it was going to be murdering dads. <laughs> that would be really good, but I don't know if I could have enough examples. <laughs> oh, I think there's plenty of murdering dads out there. Yeah, wait, dads who murder or kids who murder their dads? Dads Patricide? who murder. Oh no, dads who murder. Infanticide. Okay. We're, at some point, we'll probably cover both topics. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then fuck the person who has to come on as the guest and be funny after that. Okay. How to survive a boat crash. Regardless of the circumstances, surviving a boat crash is something everyone should be concerned about. Being careful to stay safe while boating on open water is extremely important. Capsizing is a significant threat to boaters on open water and causes injury and death all too often. New boaters are particularly susceptible to becoming trapped under an overloaded boat. Uh, the weather can also quickly escalate safety concerns. Knowing about any potential dangerous weather conditions beforehand is the first step in maintaining your safety on the water. Beware of the cold. Oh, I, I, always, right? I always am bewearing of the cold. Me too. I'm always being wearing of the cold. I wish I had socks on right now. You don't have socks on? No. I don't either, but my feet are covered well i'm wearing shoes right but are you wearing shoes are you open-toed no 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 rarely not an idiot no rarely am i open-toed that's that's playing with fire that's right well the opposite of fire is cold it's not really (laughs) (laughs) wow it's not at all it's just the fire's hot (laughs) this is a science podcast (laughs) Shut the fuck up! Is that what you said to them? Uh, yeah, I beg of you to stop I talking. I beg of and you. Then, good for you. Shut the fuck. Good up. Good for you. Shut the fuck up. That's our new shirt. 
Okay. <laughs> Cold water shock is a serious threat to boaters and swimmers alike. In the event of a capsized boat, people can find themselves suddenly immersed in freezing water, exposing mm. them to the risk of cold water shock. Like Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic. That's right. Over time, this can lead to hypothermia. To combat these risks, it is important to huddle together mm-hmm. with other survivors for warmth. Maybe even have sex. That's right. Keep everyone's bodies close to one another, wrapping arms and legs around each other to conserve as much heat as possible. So you're saying after being tossed from a boat in a boat crash while whilst <laughs> in the water, you should have water sex. Have you not seen Crash? Isn't that what that whole movie's about? I'm not not saying that. I've never seen the movie Crash. What? I know what you're talking about. The movie where people get off on Oh, James Spader and Holly Hunter. <laughs> yes. That movie is fucked up. I've never seen it. I saw it when I was like 20 with my boyfriend in the theater and we did not Sexy know times. what we were getting into. <laughs> and I, we both were like, what are we watching right now? Like it is, so it's David Cronenberg. Oh, enough said. It's very disturbing. As I remember it, I mean, if I saw it now, maybe I'd be like, yeah, it's a, you know, weird movie, but I didn't see. euphoria. It's nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now you'd be like, what? <laughs> but it's, Really dark. Do they have sex at the crash site? Yes, in the crashed car. Oh wait, if they I, crashed their own car on purpose, and then they get not, off. Not on... at not at first. It's like at first, it's an accident, I think, and then they're like, oh, they get turned. They both, the two people in the world who have the same weird thing happen to be together. Okay, keep in mind, this is like a long time. Thirty ago. years ago, I saw the movie. I think, or you know, yeah, yes, and. So I could be remembering incorrectly, but I feel like James Spader's in a car, Holly Hunter's in a different car. Oh. They crash into each other, and then they... You got my chocolate and your peanut butter. Yeah, and I like it. And I like it. Let's do more of this together. Right. And then it sex gets Reese's. more and more... <laughs> sex Reese's. <laughs> That's what they should have named the movie. Yes, because oh. there was another movie called Crash, and it was confusing. But that was later. Yeah, but not that much later. And then... They could have marketed Reese's cups with the like, movie, right? Like ET. Yes, they did. What they a missed up. What a missed, missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Fucked up. Sex Reese's. <laughs> I have never seen this movie, but I can't imagine there would be anyone better than um, James Spader. James Spader to be the lead in a movie with this topic. There isn't, except ma- maybe Harvey Keitel, who I think is also in the movie. Oh, uh, listen to you this. Made it that much. Yeah. This is something you and Jimmy can watch together next. Yeah. This movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Since Murda Murders. Okay, that's a good one. That was our last sexy thing. Anyway, yes, what I'm saying is water crash. <laughs> you got my peanut butter in your chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that was my attempt at Holly Hunter. That was, I can't that really... was good. Now let's hear your James Spader. <sighs> and then the baby said, Mother. It's from when he was on The Office. Have you ever watched when he was on The Office? It's I don't fucking hysterical. I don't remember. He plays this really plays this really creepy guy. What? Who own, who works for um, Saber? Okay. When Saber takes over, yeah. And um, he, <laughs> Oliver quotes it all the time because he's so it's so funny. He's starts telling these terrifying stories for no reason <laughs> and like. The baby looks up at the mother and says, Mama. I don't I can't remember what it is. It's really creepy. It's really funny. Oh my god. I love and baby reaches he doesn't say the baby. He's like, and baby. Okay. Where were we? We're thinking we're talking about boats. And sex water. Sex water. Have you ever had sex in uh, in water? Mm, maybe like 
in a hot tub. Okay. Does it work? Because it always know. seems like it's oh, not in a, a shower. But in a that's shower, also I think not, I did once. But it, that's it's not it's, easy. It's, it's something for a movie. It's it doesn't really movies. work. Yeah. It's just movies. It's like that same. It's the same in movies where it's like people kiss and then they're just having intercourse. Yeah. Smoothly. As if like <laughs> that happens. Like, wait, there's no foreplay and just everybody's ready the yeah. second they start kissing. I mean, I get it. It's because they don't have a lot of time. Because they're hot. Yeah. They're hotter, so they get... People that are hotter in life get don't need foreplay. They just are like, yeah. oh my God, look at you, look at me. Exactly. We're ready. That's right. Okay. Additionally, this is good for sex, too. Okay. Hold on to floating debris <laughs> <laughs> in an attempt to keep more of your body out of the water. Yep. If possible, avoid swimming for warmth, as this could lead to exhaustion. Mm. So that's the tricky... Needle to thread. How do you? So you're. Oh, you're holding onto the debris. Yes. So you don't have to swim. Oh, and the story in the Myrtle thing. She just clunked her head right away. I'm kind of glad. Aren't I you? Know. Yes. Yes. She probably just so died d- then. Ugh. Most people greatly overestimate the length of time they can tread water. I don't. I think I could do it for two seconds. No, I am not a good very swimmer. weak. I think I would just. Yeah, you and your Dog- frozen shoulders. Oh, my shoulders frozen. They're, yeah. I, I'm frozen before I even get in the water. That's right. I'd kick, kick, dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Kick, kick, dead. That That's a fossey list. move. Okay. <laughs> Most people greatly overestimate. Okay. Instead, surviving a boat crash requires conserving energy and trying to use other floating objects. Stay as close to the capsized v- uh, vessel as possible. What if it explodes? Yeah, well, I'd be worried the boat would explode. Is yeah. that just a movie thing too? I think so. From like the born identity, probably, or supremacy. Or here's something you can do: life jackets are a must. Oh, I always wear a life jacket, regardless of one. Do you? Mm, yeah, that's good. Uh, even when you're like taking a ferry. Yeah, <laughs> give me a life jacket. They're like, we don't have any. Just driving, you wear one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless of one's swimming abilities, it's important for everyone on a boat, including children, to wear a life jacket. Safety should always be a top priority when it comes to boating. Additionally, it's crucial to make sure that the life jacket is being used, uh, the, that the life jacket being used is the right one. If it's not approved by the U.S. Coast Guard, it may not provide adequate protection in an emergency. For ki- So I guess, like, don't use the one from Target. Like, okay. get a real... Okay. I usually don't bring my own. I mean, I think... Right. I assume a boat's going to have enough. Yeah. Well. You shouldn't, though. Don't assume that. For kids, parents should ensure that the smaller life jackets are properly fitted. For instance, the flotation devices should fit snugly and not be too loose. Otherwise, an improperly fitted jacket can easily slide off, Mm -hmm. leading to a dangerous situation. Accidents can happen faster than it takes to put on a life jacket. The U.S. Coast Guard estimates life jackets could have saved more than 80% of boaters who die on the water. 80%. Yes. Well, in that Murdoch thing, had she been wearing a life jacket, she might not have... Well, it's hard to tell because I don't know if she clunked her head. Like, she flew in the... It sounds yeah. like she flew in the air. But she might have drowned. She may have drowned. But if she had a life jacket, she may have bounced back up before she hit her head. And then they would have found her and taken her to the right. hospital and could have gotten her head injury addressed. But right. if that knocked her unconscious, anyway... But she floated up. They could have... You know. No, I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I'm agreeing. <sighs> Plan your trip ahead. Creating a float plan is an important safety step for anyone venturing out on the open water. This document should include your home address, the names of all individuals on the boat, and a general itinerary for the day. It's a smart way to inform a friend, family member, or local marina 
of your whereabouts and expected dur- mm-hmm. duration of the trip. That just makes sense. Do you like going out on boats? I haven't done it a lot. I have. Um, I don't not like it. Okay. When I was a kid, I was on a sailboat once, and when Oliver and I went to stay with uh, Oliver's friend and her mom, uh, and we went to Delaware mm-hmm. 2019 before the pandemic, and because uh, they stay there the whole summer because her my friend's parents live there. And um, so we stayed in the house with them and we went out on a boat and mm-hmm. got crabs. Like yes. We pulled up the, the crab sexually traps. transmitted disease. <laughs> yes. Because we weren't wearing a life jacket on our <laughs> on our private parts. Right. You got to put one there, too. <laughs> you have to and make sure it fits snugly. Mm-hmm. A tiny one. One with wings helps. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, you know, like were what, you on a sailboat? No, a different kind of boat boat with an engine what's that called speedboat <laughs> speedboat i guess i don't know there's lots of different boats that have engines okay <laughs> you were on a you I on wasn't a, on a yacht i promise a yacht. it was like a speedboat okay so these are some of the things you should do stock a noisemaker an air mm. horn or whistle can help alert potential rescuers if you remember in titanic she swims over gets the guy's whistle oh, and the then uses guy. it yeah because yep. she couldn't say the words because <laughs> she couldn't say the Remember word? Remember she was trying to say, like, help. Yeah. Oh, she couldn't help. make her voice. Yeah. Because he was, I think he was yelling, like, is anyone here? Uh-huh. Is right. Any-? And she was like, help. She yeah. was too opposite of fire. Yeah, she was. Have a VHF radio. A call on VHF radio channel 16 oh. goes to anyone who is listening. Watch the weather. Okay. How often do these accidents happen? The most recent U.S. Coast Guard data, well, this is actually from 2016, so it's not that recent, but, sorry, shows that nearly 4,500 recreational boat accidents were reported in 2016. That's a lot. Yes. Too many people drinking on their boats. Yes. The number has been rising since 2013. Accidents run the gamut from minor scrapes to real disasters, but no matter the incident's severity, um, boaters who have an accident should follow the same procedure. Okay. Now, this I got from <laughs> a website called Cottage Life. <laughs> Danielle has a different internet. Which, I, yes, it just it's just for old people. I, I'm gathering that Cottage Life is what it, I mean, I looked it up. Okay. It sounds like living in a cottage. However. It sounds great. Yes. However, one's definition of a cottage seems to differ from the next person's oh. because some of the cottages look like they were just huge but okay. just you know had quaint decorations and oh. they're calling it a cottage they're so like i, I live in a mansion right but, but i put doilies on everything exactly. right so it's a cottage okay and this is from canada so this is about canadian <laughs> cottage life okay but it had some good stuff for most cottagers that's what they call themselves. Oh, my God. I love the subculture. Boating is an essential part of the experience. So I guess living in a cottage can be a little confining. You want to get on your boat. And while the vast majority of boat trips end with everyone safe on dry land, unfortunately, not everyone makes it back to shore. According to the Life Saving Society. Sounds okay. like a good. Yeah, I like them. Power boating activities account for roughly 10 percent of the 160 or so drowning deaths that occur in Ontario every year here's what you need to know if you're involved in a crash with another watercraft land or some other stationary object in the murdoch thing it was a bridge like the yes i forget what the word is but the thing that goes from the bridge into the water i'm gonna call it a pylon that's exactly what the word is it is thank you yes you're 100 percent right wow 
In the immediate aftermath of an impact, your two main concerns will be determining the safety of any passengers and assessing the condition of your boat. Not your own bleeding head? Well, no. Okay. First, do a head count to make sure no one has been ejected, which is exactly what Mm -hmm. happened in the Murdoch thing. Assess if anyone needs immediate medical attention and have everyone don their life jacket if they aren't already wearing them. As we know, they should have already been wearing them. Yes. Next, turn off the engine if it's still running and determine if you are taking on water, uh, if there's a fire or anything else threatening your boat's seaworthiness. If you can't bring the situation under control with your fire extinguisher and or bailing buckets, you'll have to consider abandoning ship. Also have bailing buckets. Well, cottages come with bailing buckets. Oh, it's essential. You hang them outside on a little nail. Oh, that's cute. I I, made that up. The nail has to be like... An ordered from a special place. Yes, you can't just, you yes, can't just pound yes. a nail into your cottage. No, no, no. You'll no, get no. ejected from the cottage Ooh. society. <laughs> and then you'll take on water. <laughs> in the form of alcohol. Oh. Because you're so sad. Yes. That you're no longer a part of cottaging. After your passengers and vessel are secure, you have a legal obligation to assist the people on the other boat, if that's what you collided with, provided that doing so doesn't put you in danger. Other, uh, sorry, once both crews are accounted for, it's time to contact the authorities. And the best tool for doing so is to use a marine radio tuned to an emergency channel 16. Okay. If you're in a collision, and that's in America too. Oh, it's the same. It's like yes. the 911 of boat accidents. I believe. But 911 isn't the same in other countries, is it? No, I don't think so. It's not. <laughs> 811 in Europe? You yeah, it's either? something else. But I mean, I believe, I'm, I'm saying yeah. it's the international 911 yes. boat accidents. If you're in a collision, a maritime radio becomes your best buddy, says Joe Gatfield, chair of the board of the Canadian Safe Boating Council. Any distress call broadcast over a marine radio will be picked up by the Coast Guard, local police and any other boaters in the area listening to Channel 16. If your boat is imperiled, you'll want to put out an emergency call, mayday, mayday, mayday. Mm, that's classic. Fun fit. Fun fit. Fun fit. Fun fit. <laughs> Fun fact. I like this. The internationally recognized distress is... Fun fact. The internationally recognized distress signal is an anglicization of the French word mayday, meaning mm. help me. Oh. Mayday. Mayday. M apostrophe A-I-D-E-R, which help we just learned some French I here. know. If you're not sinking or in any immediate danger, but do need assistance, place an emergency call by saying pan, 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 which of course is French for bread. It is French for bread, but that's not why you say it. Um, I don't know why you say it. Um, <laughs> Maybe they bring you bread? I hope so. Wouldn't that be oh, nice? And brie. If, if you're drowning and they come and they bring you not just... Not just a heavy blanket, but also a baguette and some brie. Oh, my God. You think God. it's because nobody responds when somebody else helps? So if you say, pan, 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 pan. people are so polite, they're just going to bring you bread. Maybe. And, and then also help. Yeah. Once you've made either distress call, provide your location, explain the situation, describe your craft, and identify how many people you have on board. The problem with relying on a cell phone for emergency communication is that cottage country is notorious for cellular dead zones. Mm. I think people who live in cottages don't want to be gotten in touch with. You need to write a movie, a horror movie, that takes place in cottage country. Oh, that might be too much for me. And as You've Ga- got the sweater for it. <laughs> That's true. It is cozy. <laughs> and as Gatfield points out, even if you get reception, you're reaching out to someone on land who has to figure out a way to get to you rather than connecting with the nearby boaters who are monitoring the emergency channel. Yes. 
As soon as it is safe to do so, exchange contact information with the other boat operator, including their vessel ID number and insurance provider. Like, you have to handle this like it's a car accident. Yeah, it's professional. Yeah, and contact your own insurer with the details. If intoxication on the part of either operator is suspected as a cause of the crash, you should immediately notify police and blame it on the other teenager. I was, I was not as rich as you with this connection. I was not driving the boat. My dad will attest God, to that. God, just fucking pieces of shit. Okay, if the accident involves another boat, take down the contact. Okay, I already said that. Okay, note the time and place that the accident occurred. If possible, take if possible, take photos of both boats and uh, any location. Mm-hmm. Damn, sorry. If possible, take photos of any damage that has incurred. Even if you didn't call emergency services, you must file an accident report with state or federal law enforcement agencies if someone was injured or if accident-related damages total more than $2,000. And is this this is everywhere, not just yeah. cottage country? No, no. This part, that last part I, wrote, I read was uh, American. Okay. Sorry, I kind of mixed it all up here. That's okay. I just wanted to be clear. Yeah. Post-collision, you should monitor for whiplash or other injuries that may not immediately show symptoms mm-hmm. and seek medical care as needed. As soon as you and your crew are safely ashore, okay, I would already do that. Okay, that was sort of repetitive, so moving on. Surviving a boat crash often relies on having a required safety gear on board, including uh, life jackets, a buoyant heavy heaving line, a paddle or anchor, noisemakers and flares. Um, the biggest problem we find is insufficient or expired flares. Oh, what Flare- do you do with expired flares? That's a really good question. I guess maybe just light them somewhere to make sure they're expired. For fun. For fun. Yeah. For on on Fourth of July. Flares have a shelf life of oh of four years. Okay. From the date of manufacture, which is printed on each one. Okay. So just like your milk, you wanna check you know, it's check not those safe for use. Dates. Yeah. If your boat sinks, you're legally responsible for salvaging it and repairing any environmental oh, damage. I bet that's expensive to get a boat. Oh, I'm sure it is. Out of a lake. These costs can be exorbitant, which is why it's wise to have a boat insurance policy. Um, you do have to have that? That's a really good question. I don't know that. Okay. Um, that's a really good question. Maybe Garen can look that up. Do you have to have boat insurance if you own a boat in the United States? Feels like you would have to. Finally, the, you must have to. Maybe it's like a, if a certain, maybe if it's a motorboat or something. Like, I don't think you have to have a kayak insurance. Right. Finally, the number one way to improve the odds that you won't be involved in a boat collision, don't drink or imbibe before you get your hands on the throttle. Just don't operate any machinery. Are you ready for what? Did you find something? Uh, most states don't require boaters to purchase insurance for their watercraft. Whoa. However, many marinas do require some form of insurance if you wish to use a slip or mooring. Okay. Okay, okay. that's interesting. Okay. So you have to have some sort of insurance. When you're using, when their, you're using a marina. Their marina. Right. Yeah. Huh. And then so I if, wonder if yeah. then that covers it once you go out into the open sea, the boat. If the insurance covers it. Yeah, or if it's like just when you're in our marina, once you got to the sea, I don't know, go kill the dolphins, we don't care. Right. Or people. Yeah, go make oil lamps out of whale blubber. Yeah. (laughs) Just don't do it in our marina. Just, I don't want that oil on my hands. No. You got a story for us? I do have a story. Yes, I 100% do. God, I'm excited. It happened so fast. 
One minute I was at the helm steering our little boat across the calm expanse of Melbourne's western port bay. Okay, so now we're in Australia. I don't know where the accent is, but I'm waiting. Oh, shite. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do... <laughs> you don't have to. I'm going to do one sentence, and then I'm going to not. The next, the the acceleration cut in my 16-year-old brother, Bill, was shouting that water was coming in. Okay, that's all I can take. Our leisurely <laughs> and all you can take, I I'm sure. I it. Our leisurely family boat trip had turned into a disaster in the space of 30 seconds. Our boat sank, and my mum, dad, Bill, and me were tipped into the sea. Ooh. It was later found that the bottom of the boat was completely rotten. Oh, no! So this is not a crash. This is a boating accident. Yeah. This is um, a rotting boat accident. Yes. It just wasn't visible to the naked eye. Mm-hmm. Or the naked eye? <laughs> Shocked and unprepared, we had no option but to start swimming. Nobody had seen us go down, and as it was about 7 p.m., other boats had headed to shore. It was up to us to rescue ourselves. I was. was, I'm so nervous. There's so many poisonous, deadly things in Australia. I was 15 and a reasonably good swimmer. We all had life jackets on. But the 3.5 kilometers to land looked like a long way. That's far. Yeah. That's like a mile and... Two miles. Oh, God. Wait. Yeah, 5K is like three, three miles. So three. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I worried whether we'd make it. Then darkness started to fall. Dad had difficulty soon after we left the boat, so Bill went to help him. Mom and I stuck together, but as time went by, I was getting further ahead. We'd call out to each other every few minutes. Susan, are you okay? Yes, Mom. Our voices. The writer is a woman. I can see that. <laughs> Yes, Mom. Our voices bounced out of the dusk, the only signs of life in the terrifying expanse of water. At some point, the call stopped. I must have pulled too far ahead to hear. I was filled with the need to swim quickly to get help. Gulls shrieked overhead, and I kept imagining they were warning me of an attack from the sharks that inhabited the bay. I could see land, but it didn't seem to be getting any closer. After more than three hours in the water, I finally felt the bottom. I'd reached the mud flats of what I thought was the main land. Weak, cold, and exhausted, I dragged myself through the quicksand mud, which was up to my waist. Oh, gosh. This was more terrifying than swimming. The mud sucked me down, and I feared I could be swallowed. My muscles ached, and I didn't feel as if I was making any progress. The clock was ticking. Oh, sorry. The clock was ticking in my head. I needed to get help for my family. When I finally made it ashore, I realized I was on French Island, a former prison island inhabited by only 60 people. Oh, my God. I know. It's like lost. I was terrified that if I didn't find help quickly, my family may die. I ran through scratchy bushland and after about two kilometers found a house. I scrambled to get my story out to the couple who answered the door and they took over from there. I was hopeful my family was still alive, but felt overcome by the guilt of taking a hot shower when they were still out there in the dark. Mm -hmm. As the water streamed over me, I cried and cried. Mum, dad and Bill's bodies were recovered the following morning. Why had I survived? I had been driving the boat. I had left mum. I should be dead, too. The guilt was terrible. I couldn't deal with what had happened, and for the next few years, I didn't care if I lived or died. I was on a path of self-destruction that only changed when I had my son, William, five years later. I guess William's named for the brother. For years, I avoided water at all costs. But in 2015, 30 years after the accident, a friend suggested I face my fears and do a local 1.2-kilometer charity swim. My first trip to the pool was very short. My anxiety was so bad that I couldn't breathe. I had to get out. I tried for four months. But nothing worked until a local swim coach heard my story and offered help. 
At first, the water was filled with terrible memories. A bird calling overhead reminded me of the gulls. I imagined my family helpless in the water's grip. But over the next six months, of the beauty of my training grounds at Half Moon Bay started chipping away at my terror. I imagined how proud my family would be. I even started to enjoy it. 14 months after my challenge was set, I completed the charity swim, swim with William cheering me on. I went on to swim the Rip, a notoriously dangerous stretch of water, and recently swam the English Channel as part of a four-person relay. Wow. I know. My fear no longer controls me, and, I, and now I use my swimming to raise awareness of domestic violence in an area close to my heart. I took 30 years, but I understand that what happened wasn't my fault. Ironically, it took water to heal me. Swimming has gone from being the hardest thing I've ever done to something I crave. Huh. So I know that's a horrible story, but I just thought it was a good how to survive. No, it was beautiful. It was very, her resilience was like unbelievable. I'm always amazed by people who have this horrifying experience and then return to it I mean, to heal. It's crazy. It's really, it's yeah. really, I think, such a testament to the strength of, of humans. Yeah. Spirit. And she needed those 30 years to deal with it in one way and then decided to deal with it another way. That's amazing. It's impressive. What a really great story you shared with us today, Danielle. Well, you're welcome. All right. We will be right back with our guest. Yay. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. Christine, how was your break? Oh, one of the best breaks I've ever had. Because? <laughs> no uh, bad news for my phone. No bad news from your phone. That always makes a good break. Well, I stayed off of Twitter and news sites. Oh, okay. So then, no. Oh, that's just how you avoid bad news. I'm just, not saying there wasn't bad news, right? But you don't know I'm about sh- it if there was. Of course, there was. Yeah. I just didn't expose myself to it. Well, in the first half of the show, we talked about uh, boat crashes, and now we're going to talk about car crashes with our very special guest, Nicole Thurman. Hi, Hi Nicole. Nicole. Hello. So Hello. Nicole is. For those of you who don't know, she's a writer and an actress. I know her from Twitter because she always makes me laugh and I follow her and that's how I know her. But you um, may have heard Nicole's voice on Jellystone on HBO Max and on Tuning Up the News, which is the Colbert produced, right? It's an animated sort of take on on like cable news yeah it's really funny yeah it's kind of to me like an animated daily show or something exactly yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 it's really good I mean, yeah i don't have to watch more of it but i've watched some of it. it's really fun yeah and you said you recorded home yeah we record at home it's really cool they have a great setup because i've done stuff at home but it's like they put all the pressure on you to like have the right equipment <laughs> yeah. and be the production engineer and i'm not good at that and i get yes. really anxious about it but this one they sent us like a big desktop mac like with a huge 20 
27 inch screen and like Dang. it's already programmed with all the software that they use to record so they can connect to it and like the mics and everything they gave us everything oh wow so yeah it was super easy you just literally plug the computer in and then they can like access your computer and do all the stuff yeah it's great oh wow yeah hey that's fancy I know they they really have it down I feel like after three years of you know remote work right. they they're the most like as far as productions have been going they're the most like advanced and like they get it <laughs> they they That's figured it nice. out. nice. Yeah. So I kind of saw this happening in real time on Twitter. So explain exactly what happened. Yeah. So it was it was just a crazy moment. Um, it was just a, I, I, I always like I tell it as a story of like this this I feel like it was another like bigger than me thing that happened to me because uh-huh. I've never I haven't gotten in very many accidents in my life. Um, I've always been just like fender benders, small things. I've never had surgery, never done anything. And so then I was driving, um, you know, I left my dog. I said, I'll be back in two hours. I went to, I was going to go tape an audition over in uh, the Burbank area. And I was kind of by Warner Brothers. And I ended up getting in a wreck with um, a very, it turned out it wasn't a semi. I said semi because it looked like a semi Uh coming at me. But it was one of those, I mean, you know, it had a semi front to it, but it's a flatbed truck like okay. that, that tows mm-hmm. those big that can tow other trucks and things oh, like that damn. wow okay. yeah so I ended up getting in a huge wreck with that I was turning left and he t-boned me <gasps> on the passenger oh my side God. yeah and so um, <sighs> it was a very intense accident I, I literally remember um like looking over and going, oh my god! Because I, in my mind, oh. I was saying, oh my god, I'm about to get hit by a semi. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. a semi, you know. Um, I, I'm about to get hit by a semi, and that's the last thing I remember. And then it just went black. Oh <gasps> shit! It was oh, crazy. God. And then oh, I woke wow. up. I was on the ground, and there was a bunch of paramedics around me, and they were saying to each other. Um, we got to make sure she doesn't have some kind of head injury because she keeps repeating herself. And I was like, what? I'm not repeating myself. I haven't said anything. Uh, and then they were like, oh, she's awake. And um, you, you were know. doing the lines for the audition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. I was like, I, I, was like, I gotta get to this audition. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's what I, I think I, yeah, well, I can't, yeah. But yes, I was uh, very, uh, Confused, and it turned out I broke my back. I fractured my, or it had an L1 burst fracture. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Do not watch a. I watched a YouTube video of what it was because I was just kind of curious, yeah. and um, I watched the wrong video because it was like showed the cracking sound and everything, and I was like, oh, oh I can't believe that happened to my back. So I got a burst fracture in my back. I have hairline fractures in my neck. I broke my clavicle. Uh, I was in the hospital for oh. two weeks, oh which my. was lucky because I just was healing quickly, but it could have been Wow, longer. yeah. Wait, first of all, this happened recently. When was this? Yeah, February 10th. Okay, so this has just happened. Yeah, <laughs> all right. wow. it just happened, yeah. And so I'm still, I mean, I'm very lucky to heal quickly, but it was a very intense accident. And it was just, I was bruised all over my body. And uh, I mean, th- when I when I got to the hospital, they told me I had to have surgery, and I was like, no, <laughs> I can't help it. Like, even my, I'm always myself, and so I was like, I don't want to do that. That sounds horrible. Um, but I had to have surgery on it, and it was a big surgery. It was five hours, which I've never been in surgery. Like, we didn't, even my mom, because she got, my my friend Lynn is a, an angel. She was there almost immediately. Um, I, I helped her call my mom. I told her my mom's number. I had her call my ex-boyfriend because I we yeah. just broke up, and I was like, oh, oh I need my ex-boyfriend. Shit. Um, 
And uh, she was incredible. But she, why was I telling that story? She was there and she was just helping me so much. But I think everybody was shocked because we didn't realize how intense it was. I mean, we kind mm-hmm. of did, but right. not really. Because I think she, she made a joke that I called her and I said, hey, can you come to the hospital? Because I got in a little accident. And she, she said that I put my hand up and there was like blood all over <sighs> it. And she was like, oh my God, Nicole, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. It was just an accident. Like I didn't, oh. somehow I couldn't process it. Right, yeah. of course. You were probably yeah. in shock. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean. Okay. I was. I didn't feel a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, they said that I was saying that I was my back was hurting, but I don't remember it hurting at the beginning. At the beginning, I remember it hurting after the oh, surgery. Oh mm-hmm. um, But yeah, so I went into surgery and it was like a long surgery. And uh, luckily, it was the surgeon was great. And yeah, it's been he- I've been healing quickly. Did but. they have to put any kind of like? metal pieces in your back for the repair yeah because i had a few things going on so i had that burst fracture which caused my like bones to like touch on my spinal cord but luckily not like go too you know Mm -hmm. because the doctor when i got came out of the surgery he was like you're very lucky a lot of people don't walk away right because if it's touching your spinal cord it could be paralysis yeah and when it's a burst fracture it goes into pieces Mm -hmm. so there was pieces of it all in my you know and it caused a spinal canal stenosis which is bad because it's it's when your spinal can canal or something or cord gets compressed Mm -hmm. so that makes for a lot of nerve damage in your legs Mm -hmm. Uh, so it can be incredibly painful which it was at first Um, and then so they had to put um, hardware in it to kind of decompress my spine both up and out I believe yeah okay I'm gonna I'm I'm, I still have a lot of you know follow-ups and things and I'm hoping to see the images because I haven't even seen what it looked like Mm -hmm. I'm curious oh my god I would be so curious I know I'm like what is in my back what's going on back there so will those things come out no, I think they're there. They're for there forever. Good. Yeah. So when you go through an airport now, it's gonna ding or something. Well, I went through a metal detector the other day, and I was looking at her like, "Is she gonna catch me?" <laughs> and no, she didn't. So no, I guess you're not. smuggling. <laughs> like something's in my bag. Will she find it? <laughs> she didn't find it. But yeah, it's um. So yeah, it was just like all of the things at once: huge car wreck, um, you know, uh, big surgery. Yeah. Uh, being in the hospital, I had never been in the hospital overnight ever, and I was right. there for two weeks. I mean, two it was just weeks. all the things were just. It was, and I'm the type of person, when a big trauma happens, I don't, I'm not as affected, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm kind of just like, well, that was crazy, right? Like, you know, but then when it's a small thing, of course, it's the end of times for me. Uh I can't find my bobby pins. Where are they? Um, So it was interesting. It's been interesting um, because I, I. I feel like I didn't think of it as big of a deal as it was, and uh-huh. then I kind of started to slowly realize how big of a right. deal it was. Yeah. So that was yeah. kind of that's been an interesting experience for my brain. <laughs> so y- you said your friend called your mom. Do you have family in Los Angeles? No, I mean my grandpa's in Roland Heights, but I, I mean he's old. He's like ninety five, oh, so it's shit. not like he's gonna drive down here. So and be like, hey. Um, my just, mom, she flew out. Oh, she did. Yeah. Okay, where did she? Where From did she Kansas go? City. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so. Okay, so yeah. did she stay in your apartment while you were in the hospital or something? Or? Yeah, she stayed there for two weeks, and she was. I mean, it was hard. It was tough. We have a. You know, we love each other, but it's like we're very similar, and then also very different. And mm. so it's mm-hmm. those, that kind of middle ground where we're always kind of kind of yeah. navigating that. And it was tough because I was in a lot of pain, and I'm not an easy person. You know, I can be a real jerk sometimes, so it was a little tough, but. Um, I'm so glad she came out. She was there the next day because the thing was, 
that injury is really bad. It can make yes. you incontinent. If it doesn't right. make you paralyzed, it can make you incontinent. Right. Yeah. This lady stuck her finger in my butt and told me to squeeze, and that's how she figured out I could poop right. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. for that lady's yeah. finger. Right? <laughs> oh, it was so crazy. She was just, just all like, the humiliation on top of everything else. Oh, my gosh. I, the sponge bath I got was the weirdest experience. Oh, but, no. I mean, everything was, I only got one of them, but they were so, I was just like, what's happening? Um, I think I'd be like, yeah. can I get an anesthetic for this? Yeah. But out. it's also, yeah. I wonder, I mean, I, I've i never had that experience, but just being in a hospital after giving birth, you're also at a point where you're like, mm-hmm. whatever. I yeah. knew you were going to say and I think you're so right. Whatever, man. Just, yeah. just do, it. do whatever you needs to care. be done. I don't care. Yeah. I'm a mess. Like, yeah. there's part, like, later you go, wow, I just shit on the table. But, yeah. like, at the time, it's... Yeah. You know, you're yeah, you're absolutely. you're in pain and you're broken and it yeah. it's you're kind of vulnerable at that level, I think, of yeah. also just like, please help. You're I don't want to yeah. speak for you, maybe you didn't have those thoughts, but I you you're know. absolutely right. I mean, I'm a very modest person. You know, even you know, with my ex, it's like obviously he's seen me naked a million times, but I'd still be like, ah, you know, oh, right. no, you know, just like shy. And it was just a crazy experience because it was exactly that. It was I was the most vulnerable I've ever been. I'm not very good at being vulnerable, and I was just like, I don't care. Yeah. Every every all my friends, you know, I would laugh and I'd be like, Did you just see my vagina? And they'd be like, oh, Kind of. I'd be like, I don't care. You know, like because it was truly like I was, you know, just flopping around naked under a little gown and. <sighs> in pain in a way that like yeah I just I didn't care and when, I remember when they gave me the sponge bath I don't even remember how it started I just remember all of a sudden being up and having two women washing me and uh, one of them matting also, my hair <laughs> oh matting it but yeah she made it so, she washed it so poorly I was like girl what are you doing oh uh, they don't know your hair no they no. do not <laughs> that's exactly what right. I was like okay you don't know you need to get a black nurse in here stat my friend figure came out my and hair. combed it after okay. it <laughs> yeah Lynn who's black yeah, yeah, she, came right. she was like here I got you were they keeping you pretty healthily medicated mm-hmm. too though so you could also manage your pain yeah. so that you weren't too yeah. miserable in the first hospital it's been a, such an interesting experience because I do feel like the first hospital was such a blur because of the medication so I've been reading a little bit of um, I mean I've been reading a lot of the health reports that I got just to see kind of because it's interesting it'll say like she was complaining about pain so we gave her another shot of Dilaudid which you know doesn't work for long but it works and okay. that was the only thing and I kept asking for it oh. because it's the only thing that really works it's really strong um, so yeah I was I remember I mean it was painful and it's just one of those pains where it's there's no direction that's comfortable you know and <sighs> I had I sleep on my right side and my whole right side was what was messed up so it was oh. just trying to figure out and I had staple 35 staples in my back oh my god yeah. holy ghost so and is I, that because of the the after the surgery they had yeah. to do that okay yeah because he said that he made the incision extra long I'm not sure why he told my mom but I think because he wanted to make sure he got above and below the injury so everything was like healthy clean mm-hmm. structured um, he did a really I mean I don't I can't I don't I can't I've never experienced a bad back surgery right. but I think he did a really good job <laughs> <laughs> and everybody you know all the nurses and doctors that would come and they'd be like that's actually a really nice scar like he did a really it's really uh-huh. straight and he did you know I, so I feel like I got very lucky in that way too but yeah I was medicated enough that it was mostly a blur, but I was still conscious and my, I, you know, had a lot of visitors and a, a lot of flowers and just a lot of love. So it was, I was very taken care of the whole time. Okay. So that's what I was going to ask. So psychologically, I'm trying to put myself in this position. Yeah. But also I know that you're on drugs and so you're not exactly like cognizant, but yeah. psychologically, are you like 
why did this happen to me? Are you are you are you frustrated? Are you mad? Are you scared? Like, did you ever get scared? Like, I'm not gonna be able to walk or. It's so interesting because I don't think I was able to process anything, mm. honestly, until I saw my car, which you may have seen. On I Twitter. did. You went to go. Vi- you went to go. Well, visit it, but I mean, visit. you did right because well, I was like, let's go pick some shit up. Like I, was, I, I literally was with my friend Lynn, who literally. I mean, she's been, and I know I say literally too much. I keep saying it. I'm like <laughs> not saying literally, but you're using it correctly. But so, yeah. But she, she, <laughs> she and I went to the tow yard because I said, you know, let's go pick up my. stuff stuff because uh, I had stuff in the car sure. I was like I think I have my nice sunglasses and you know these clothes that I had been wanting to return were in the front seat <laughs> and so I just thought you know let's yeah. go grab it we went there and it was just I mean because I saw the car that's the thing is I saw the car um when I first got in the wreck I remember looking over and being like whoa at my car but I didn't process it and uh-huh. the thing is in the hospital I think my kind of brain the way I work is Maybe it's it's kind of um, just get through it, and then later you're like, oh my god, right? Mm-hmm. I think you. Know, I don't know if that comes from you know, things that happen were in childhood with dealing with like a crazy parent relationship, or you mm. know, um, like I don't. And I'm not. And I'm talking about my mom. I'm talking about like my parents divorcing. Yeah, and they had problems. Um, but yeah, I think it maybe comes from that of where you just get through it, and then maybe you think about it later. And you said. Two hospitals? So what happened? You went to a second hospital? Yeah, so I I was at the first hospital mainly just for the surgery and the beginning, like, ICU and then getting better and all that stuff. And then the second hospital was acute rehab. So Mm -hmm. I did rehab three hours a day every day. But you stayed there? And I stayed there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, And that was was a challenge in a different way because I was, um, I don't know, I was getting better and... Um, also in a lot of pain, like a lot of pain that seemed like if I wasn't there, I would have felt better. Mm. Like my hip was hurting so badly that it made me feel crazy. I mean, like my, my back has always been a painful, but okay thing. Uh My hip was, I mean, my hip, like my legs after the surgery were the worst. And then my hip was the second worst. I had a hematoma that just made my hip swell up really big. And oh. it was also when I had to wear the brace because I was wearing a back brace for a while. The brace would push Sexy. on it. I know. Mm-hmm. I was like, but I was Course like, I it. am going to take some. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody told me that that was a kink because I posted a picture oh, in the no. brace. And I was like, oh, come on. Everything's got to be a kink We were now. just talking about the movie Crash in the last. What happens in that? Oh, well, the, the first crash. The first not crash. The, not, not the, the famous th- Oscar crash, oh. but there's an earlier one. I don't know it. With James Spader and uh, Holly Hunter, and they get off on car accidents. Sexually get off. Oh, my so, God. So, yeah, there's a king for everything, apparently. The nurses are, were beautiful. I mean, they were just so lovely. That's so great. I got to know them at the rehab hospital, especially. They were just so lovely. But, yeah, going home... I felt like I just started healing faster and not being in nearly as much pain. So that was great. Because at first I was scared. I was like, mm. my oxycodone's going to run out. My right. muscle relaxer yeah. is going to run out. You really and, rely on it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what that's going to feel like. Because all I remember is the horrible pain. And I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. But then I realized that um, I didn't need it after a while. I was oh, like, oh, good. I'm only taking it now because it's been six hours, but I don't really need it. So maybe I'll just mm-hmm. kind of slow down. And so you didn't fine. feel like uh, I'm obsessed with the uh, addiction aspect. So you didn't feel like you had to have the no. oxy. OK, that, thank that, God. I, I was interested. It was interesting because a lot of people were talking to me about not taking it. And I was like, first of all, shut up. 
Because it's like, you don't, you're not yeah, in pain. No, no, no. Oh, like, not taking, then, general, but yeah, not like, taking it in general. Yeah, like, you don't know what this feels like. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I need it for now. But yeah, I was, I at first when I was at the first hospital, I was like, don't give me opioids. I don't want opioids. Right. I, you know, I've seen all those movies. I've seen yeah. all the documentaries. <laughs> I don't want those freaking, what are they called? Sacklers? Get them away yeah, from exactly. me. Exactly. You know? Thank you. Yeah, right. I'm like, get them the hell away from me. But um, for some reason, because I, I was on an opioid an IV opioid and a pill opioid at first. And then they took the IV away. I was okay. Then eventually I took the pill away and I was okay. And I never felt like I needed it. And I'm not sure (laughs) why. First of all, I think we're all really wondering is if the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend was properly um, consoling and felt bad and and did all the things you needed. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. It was, it was um, beautiful. (laughs) Um, He, uh, it was it was good, and then all of a sudden, I think we both kind of realized, okay, like bye, oh, and right. then we haven't talked in a few weeks, but it's it's for the best. Yeah, but um, he was uh, it was beautiful. I, I mean, oh, that sounds weird, but like no, I, no all nice. I remember from calling him, which I thought I called him during the day, but he was like, no, you called me at like two a.m. Oh, after wow. your surgery, and I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but that night I was calling a lot of people because I was in pain and the nurse was being mean to me so I kept telling everybody the nurse is being mean to me <laughs> but eventually I told her to stop and not told her, I didn't say stop I just said I understand that you're tired and you're overworked but I'm in I feel like I'm on fire so I just need you to stop and she was like okay oh good um, but anyway my boyfriend or my ex was uh, we had only broken up I mean we broke up two or three months before we were doing no contact we had been real um just pissy with each other yeah toward the end just pissy and just doing kind of like weird hurtful shit and like oh. I mean, he was doing more than i was on that part but do you think he um, paid the the truck driver no <laughs> that would be so funny and if he was oh my god that'd be a great true crime episode though if it all yes. wraps around oh and then he, yeah um no but he he i remember all i remember from our phone call was me saying i need you he said okay because he knew I had gotten in a car wreck because I told my friend to call him. Uh-huh. I was like, I said, call my mom, call Phil. And so I was like, I need you. He said, okay. I said, I love you. And he said, I love you too. And mm. then he was there the next morning. Good. And he was there every, almost, I mean, I remember him being there almost every day in the first okay. hospital. And the second hospital, he was there a lot too. Wow. So in a way, you kind of had a nice, a nice disillusion of the relationship because, Absolutely. yeah. Because our breakup wasn't so great. I had COVID and I was just pissed at him and I was like, I'm done. Oh, and, and he was like, COVID. fine. And so then we broke up. It was like uh, that kind of weird uh-huh. breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we didn't talk. So then, um, yeah, we, um, we, we, you know, he was holding my hand every day. He was, he, he helped make my apartment accessible. Wow. He, he was incredible. He's a really, really, really good person. Uh-huh. And I, I, you know, I love him. I still love him. And it's not, but we, you know, we are just in different places. So yeah. it was like mm-hmm. the breakup was very, he's sober too. So I, I make fun of it. Like we're both sober, but we're all, we also had a very sober breakup. Uh-huh. It was just like, this just isn't, we're all both in different places. Yeah. So anyway, it, it was really nice to have him be there for me. And my friend was like, yeah, he's paying you, you know, it's like reparations for all the shit yeah, you did. Exactly. Together. I'm like, yeah, I deserve Well, that's why this. I was asking, because yeah. I just assumed. I just assumed. Yeah, no, it was good. And we had like nice conversations and everything. It definitely was like a nice closure moment. Aww. Oh, I love that. Yeah, nice. It was really beautiful. Like, I have nothing but warm feelings for him. I really love him. Oh, so, good. Yeah. You know, I have anxiety. So these bitches are like, they wrote, they write how old I am. And then they wrote female with anxiety presents with these problems. And so uh. then every freaking doctor, every time I was like, I'm in so much pain, they would say, you're just having anxiety. Yeah. I'm like, no, oh, I'm not. No. But I think it's like when they know that you're a little tense or you Googled your symptoms or you're a little anxious, yeah. they, it gets, it's like it turns them off. Which It's is the like, hysteria. Yeah. 
It's the hist- that's why it's like the old school women yeah. are hysterical. Yeah, vibe. yeah, gotta have a. There's so much more dismissive of women in the healthcare system, even women doctors, and it's yes, it's really upsetting. Yeah, I mean, I could do a whole other podcast about yeah. this, but uh, I. Yeah, that that will be the other podcast, right? <laughs> well, and I, I, you know, I've heard a lot of things about Black women getting, you know, dismissed yes. by, for their pain, and you know, I think it's just they think women, I mean, because women can handle more pain. Than yeah, men. <laughs> you know, that's like t- technically a thing, and so then it's like you add to that. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't understand what the Black woman element of it has, but I know that I, I felt like I had to advocate, like you said, yeah, for myself even so more many times, yeah. and I would say I'm telling you right now, it's not anxiety. I know what anxiety feels like, and I know what pain feels like so mm. just give me the pain meds please like stop doing this to me yeah it happened a lot that they told me it was anxiety because it's written on my chart wow can yeah. you need to get that off your chart yeah i but do then, but then i thought well but if there's a circumstance where it's really yeah. important like if you take anxiety medication or something they have to have it on your chart so yeah. i don't know but I yeah i don't understand what the black woman thing is either yeah. except that it's just it's racist like, yeah racism yeah <laughs> just, just like it's just like blanket yeah. somehow yeah. kind of like you don't know what you're talking about system. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just that, and then I understand that I understand that they are really careful with their pain pills. But if y'all gonna give me something that's gonna get me addicted, that is not my fault. No, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't come in here saying, "Give me something that's gonna get me high." You know, I, I right. said, yeah. "I am in pain. Give me medication." And right. you gave me the opioid. I didn't. T- I didn't say, "Give me something that's gonna." Right. You know. And so then it's like they treat you like an addict, kind of. But it's like, but I didn't. <sighs> I, well, they don't want to be liable yeah. for, no. you know, if you get they've, addicted. They've something. been in so much trouble. Right. Yeah. But it also really puts you in an awkward position. And I've probably talked about this already in the show when I had to get opioids for different surgeries. And they'd yeah. give me like three at a time. Yeah. And then so then you're in a position of having to call them constantly <laughs> and be like, so I know I called yesterday. Yeah. I'm already out again because you gave yeah. me three. Yeah. So Jesus. can I get some more? And then you and, feel like you're dealing, and then you're doing a drug cry- deal. Like I'd be crying because yes. I'd be in so much pain. And so then they're like, um, we're concerned about you. Oh, yeah. for fuck's so sake. So we're going to refer you to our pain specialist clinic. And then you're, so then you're like bargaining. So you, it puts you in a position of feeling like wow. an addict yeah. when you're like, no, I'm not. I'm just in criminal amounts of pain yeah. and you need to treat it. And this is what works. Yeah. Like I it, mean, it's exactly. really, a, it's a really sort of precarious, yeah. no win situation for the, for, 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 for people like Nicole who are yeah. dealing with an actual, you know, if you have a broken back, it's like I can't think of a more <laughs> viable candidate right. for these medications. Yeah. And then it's like they actually are designed to work really well. Right. That's why opioids, uh, they are really effective at, at treating pain. Absolutely. Right. Um, but but they also tend to be addictive. But it's like you still need them. Yeah. Right. I need something. It's like and that's what I was kept being like, you can give me whatever you want as long as it takes the pain away. But I don't know. Right. Like I can't I can't keep asking you for that and yeah i had a thing where like um when i got out of the hospital they uh, they gave me this they like wrote some prescriptions out in a weird way because um the system wasn't working to just give it to the to just like electronically transfer it to the uh, pharmacy and um the pharmacist was just like well i can't do this and i i literally i do the same thing i always do with people where i say listen to me i understand that Mm -hmm. you think xyz about me or you don't know me but i'm telling you right now i need this i just walked out of the hospital and like that's how i have to talk to people and then they'll be like okay because it's it's different than yelling at you don't need to yell yeah, at you, I, yes sometimes yeah. you just have to be like 
listen, I understand that your point of view is this, but this is who I am. So I'm a person you're and saying I need you to help. With an actual script in your hand, yeah. she wasn't going to fill it because she thought you had forged it or something? I think it's because the, uh, she was, the, yeah, the oxy, it just looked weird. It looked like somebody just kind of was like, hey, give her this, but it's like it was a doctor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, I think she was a little wary about it, but I'm like, I don't care. And she's like, well, we won't have it in stock. And I was like, Give me anything you have. She had all, she almost filled the whole prescription. So I was like, you know, like quit playing, right. quit playing with me. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to scream, but it's like it, that doesn't work because you can tell they've been screamed at a million just times. Just show them your scar on your back. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, show I was the wearing a brace. Of the car. It's oh, like, you were wearing yeah. see the car exactly. I was wearing a brace and I had a cane when I got out of the hospital. And like one more, I literally was. Jesus. I put the cane up there and I was like, listen to me. I just, I literally just came from the hospital. I would never have come in with papers. I would rather her have transferred it electronically and have you have it ready. But but instead, you gotta come in you know, in like those yellow socks and the paper I gown have, to prove that yeah, like little grippy socks. Yeah, yeah. I was like I've got the grippy socks. Let's go. But yeah, <laughs> it was um, it was a crazy. There was just moments like that, and you totally understand. I mean, you ha- every I understand everybody is just worn down. Yeah, but it's also like I I don't care. Get my stuff. Help me. You know, help me. Yeah. Well, Nicole, first of all, I'm so grateful that you're okay because yeah, it's you. bananas what happened to you, yeah. and you. <sighs> luck or whatever saved you saved you thank god yeah and thank you so much for coming on yeah. this was fantastic yeah. and ugh, a harrowing Lord. story very yeah. harrowing a great story everyone should follow nicole on twitter yeah yes yeah and we'll put all your links up in our uh in our on our on our what is it called what newsletter? do we do what do we do do we have a um website, some ma- a mailer we send out a, mailer, uh, a flyer yeah yes yeah. a, a circular a i think we have, we a, have a circular it's a zine yeah. a zine <laughs> We're just 90s riot yeah. girls. I love it. <laughs> no I, just two R's. <laughs> exactly, girl. Um, okay, well, thank you so much. And we will be right back with what did we learned today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Danielle. Chris. You ready to learn what we learned today? More than ready. Remember what Portlandia taught us. Put a bird on your Peter Pan collar. That's right. That's exactly what oh, they said. Oh, shit. Now I really want a Peter Pan collar blouse with a bird on the actual collar. I'll go to Modcloth. Google <laughs> Google that on Poshmark. I'm sure it exists. I'm sure it does. Find your manhood at a Taylor Swift concert. Ah, <laughs> yes. Is there any better place to find your manhood? Nope. Murdaw Murders, a Southern Scandal, airs on Netflix. Yes. Beware the cold. It's the opposite of fire. <laughs> Sex Reese's. That's all. It's funny on its own. <laughs> there you go. Robert California makes his first appearance in the two-part season seven finale when the former oil rig salesman stops by the office to be interviewed by Jim for Michael's former position. I don't think I saw season seven. Oh, God. It, you have to just watch those two episodes. I, I thought it was on more than two episodes, but just watch those two episodes. It's really funny. Life jackets are a must. Don't worry about how much of a dork you look like. It's safe. It'll save your life. A life jacket with wings may or may not protect you from crabs. But you'd look so cute. Oh my God, with a little life jacket? Yes. Get a radio in tune to Channel 16 in case of emergency. 
The Murdaugh boat crashed into the Archer's Creek Bridge sometime around 2.20 a.m., flinging Mallory Beach into the water. Ugh. Connor Cook called 911, telling them, we're in a boat crash on Archer's Creek. There are six of us and one is missing. After first responders arrived, the other four passengers were taken to... I'm sorry, Gary laughing? <laughs> Whenever you guys do accents, it it's, makes me laugh. Garen laughing made me laugh. Not the, not the, death, <laughs> not the not, situation. Not the death of this girl. <laughs> After first responders arrived, the other four passengers were taken to a local hospital. I feel like I we could do four pri- private episodes? Four just episodes about talking about the Murdoch yeah. story. Oh, yeah. Remember, if you're the first one to radio for help, you can blame someone else for the accident. Yep. Expired marine flares, which are hazardous wastes, are transported as explosives and must be disposed of at a hazardous waste facility permitted by the APA to manage explosives. State laws prohibit the disposal of hazardous waste in waterways, trash, and in municipal landfills. So, guys, you can't yeah. just throw these in the trash. So, They're like batteries and medication. You know what I would do? Take them to Rite Aid? No. no. Oh, yeah, because you can dispose. Turn in, yeah. yeah. No, I would... Uh, Check those labels day before they expire. Let's have a party. Let's Just have a flare them all off. Oh, a flare party and you wear yes. flares. Oh, you wear flare pants. Yes. I'm wearing flares today. Let's do that. Let's have a flare party. Because you don't want to, because that sounds like a lot of hassle trying to, yeah. trying to throw those away. An estimated 174,000 outdated flares are generated each year by recreational vessels in California. Damn it, you recreational vessels. You're also polluting our waters. Yeah. Why don't you just, you know what? Get a kayak, you dummies. Yeah, dum-dums. With this large number of unneeded flares generated annually in California, there is a strong need for public education and awareness about proper disposal, as well as good disposal options. Well, guess what we're doing right now? Mm -hmm. Publicly educating. Yeah. So, you're welcome. Yeah, once again. (laughs) (laughs) This is a public service, this show. It really is. I don't know when the government's going to recognize us, but when they do... (laughs) Just say when they're going to shut us down. (laughs) I want a parade. With um, exposed with expired flares. Yeah, that's the all the I the only explosives of the only explosives I want are expired flares. Yeah. You know what we should do? What? Thank some of our uh, Oh yes. Our Patreons. Let's do that. Our patrons. Patrons who signed up for Patreon. Actually while you're looking, I can read the update from my dad about that serial killer. Oh. We talked about it last week where my yeah. aunt interacted with Leslie Allen Williams. This is what he says. I said, didn't my aunt have a run-in with the serial killer? He said, yes, she came face-to-face with him. She told him there was something wrong in his life. Wait, she Wait. told him? Oh, this is the preachy yes. Christian aunt? Yeah. Yes. A couple weeks later, a grandma and grandson caught him raping a lady in Kensington Park. They called the police, and they caught him leaving with her in the trunk. Uh, that that lady would have been his next victim, but because he was seen by those other people, they, I guess they saved her. Um, but uh, yeah, she was face to face with serial killer and insulted him to his face. Well, here's the thing: either your aunt is completely making this up, which I think is which totally is possible, absolutely possible, or she used that as justification for preaching to everyone else and saying, you know, you're wrong for being gay and all this shit because she told him that there's something, and she was right. She knew. Would you guys like to hear some of our seek shelter members? Yes. So we can give them a thanks, a little shout out. Yeah. So these are Patreon members who we are thanking for signing up. They're at our Seek Shelter level, which means they get to hear our bonus episodes. And we have one coming out, I think, tomorrow. Well, by the time you've heard this, it's already it's been out. out. Um, so I can reveal it's with Dorothea Coelho. Close. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, I think that's right. And it's really 
really funny. Yeah, it was All really right. fun. All right. First, we're going to thank Abby Morris. You want to know something? What? I went to high school with Abby Morris. This Abby Morris? I went to middle school with Abby Morris. And I went to elementary school with Abby Morris. Wow. So she is a local favorite. Wait, wait. Is this the Abby Morris? I believe so. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. That's cool. Uh, I believe, Abby, you correct me if I'm wrong, she married also someone I went to elementary, middle school, and high school with named Tom Morris. Okay, wait. Was her name always Abby Morris? Did she marry someone with the same no, last name? No, oh, okay. I think her maiden name is Klein. Okay. And uh, yeah, I have fond memories of both of them. Okay, she wasn't your friend of me or something. No, no. Okay. Very nice. Both uh, of them very nice people. Well, thank you. And I hope they have fond memories of me. I imagine they me- remember me as a uh, troublemaker, um, <laughs> as most do. Thank you so much, Abby. We're delighted to have you. Thank you for supporting the show. Yeah. Next Seek Shelter member. Oh, no, I have a, I actually, just one more thing about Abby. She wrote us a really fun uh, letter that we're going to share next time we share letters. Okay. Get ready. Doug Tobacco. Nice. Right? That's a real, that's not like a a Nick Cage character. <laughs> Doug Tobacco. What if it's actually Nick Cage? Oh, my God. That would be so amazing. You know what I hope, though? You didn't make him smoke. I make everybody smoke. That's my job. I know. I'm a little concerned. So much well, change his name to tobacco. Yeah. I don't know if that's his real name or not, but that's great. It's a great name. Uh, either way. First off, he's a Doug. He's a Doug. He right. So he should listen to uh, My Two Dugs. I nope. Love Dugs. Wild World of Dugs. Wide World of Dugs. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's called. They love yeah, to talk the to Doug Dugs. Benson show, yeah. So he could go on that show. Thank you, Doug, for um, two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little, they're raising a daughter together. Yeah, I know. She um, doesn't know which is the real dog and which is no, just an extra the, dog. The cuter one, which is Doug Tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have Marty Scantlin. Marty Scantlin. That's a mouthful. It is. Thanks, I th- Marty. I thought it was going to be Scanlin, but nope, there's a T. Scantlin. Next up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chloe Lanning. It's a cute name. Chloe. Chloe's a fox. A cartoon fox. Oh, Chloe also has a cartoon fox? Yeah. You only get to choose, I think, cartoon fox oh, if okay. you don't choose a picture. And how many is that? Have we done four? We'll do one more. Okay. Here we go. I got to scroll up. Sorry, you don't get one because you. Oh, oh, oh. What? Here we go. Nick Cage. It's, guys, it's Nicolas Cage. Oh. No, it's, uh-oh, this is one of those names that I don't know which way it goes. But I'm going to go with the German pronunciation Okay. for Matt. Matt Weens. How do you spell that? W-I-E-N-S. Well, if I really went with a German, it would be Weens. Matt Weens. Okay. But. I've never heard of that name before. Weens. W-I-E-N-S. If it was. The English pronunciation, we'd say it was wines, right? I don't know. I've never seen I-E. Yeah, I guess wines. I'm going to say weans. Matt weans. Matt, if you want to let us know Fix what, your name. What, what's right yeah. or wrong about what I'm saying. Put an umlaut on it. <laughs> if you like it, then you should have put, put an umlaut on it. it. That didn't flow as no, well. No, that was really like bad. It was going to, though, didn't it? Yep. Yeah. It, we got caught up there at the end. Yeah. Guys. Yes. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you uh, for the Patreon and all listeners. We appreciate your 
Oh, I was going to say fellowship, but that's not the right word. And I've never said that word in my life. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> don't ever say fellowship no. again. Thank you for your uh, listening pleasure. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the pleasure, guys. <laughs> and until next time, remember, remain, remain calm. calm.